Back again. Welcome to another edition of Cool Stuff Ride Home. Marcus Paff, Reggie Rizzo, bringing you some of the more interesting stories of the day. On today's episode, sled dogs for your mental health. Advancements in whale communication that could help us talk with aliens. Plus, the latest Ray-Ban smart glasses features may have you understanding foreign languages. That, plus this day in history, looks at another classic Christmas tale. Coming up on Cool Stuff Ride Home. Well, dogs are remarkable for a variety of reasons, from the companionship they provide humans to the jobs so many of them perform, including, of course, law enforcement. Many of us are also familiar with the therapeutic qualities of dogs. You'll often see them at work in hospitals with both children and adults, as well as accompanying people with anxiety or disabilities. Now in the country of Wales, you'll find husky sled dog therapy being used to help rehabilitate patients slash inmates at a small, medium security mental health unit for individuals who've committed serious crimes but have been ordered to this facility rather than a standard prison. The feature story coming courtesy of the Positive News Network. The idea was the brainchild of occupational therapist Ingrid Unsworth, who found herself at Mined Sled Dog Adventures, billed as Wales' only outdoor activity provider, offering husky rides and sledding experiences through the trails of the South Alwyn Forest. Unsworth had reportedly purchased a gift certificate for her son, who was unfortunately unable to attend, so she opted to try it herself, and the experience was life-changing. Quote, I had gone through some challenging circumstances at home and came away in tears of joy, Unsworth told Positive News. Soon after, she submitted a funding proposal to the National Health Service, that's the publicly funded healthcare system in Wales, for a canine therapy program to be implemented with the 22 patients in the mental health unit she'd worked at for five years. Within months, a husky therapy program was in place in partnership with Minded Sled Dog Adventures, all designed to challenge the patient's outlook look on themselves and life as they work closely with their assigned dog. The program consists of five weekly two-hour sessions in which men from the unit participate in husky hikes around the establishment's large grounds, learning grooming, dog handling, and communication. A 36-year-old patient who'd been detained for over six years at the time of taking part told Unsworth, quote, I found the sessions very therapeutic and enjoyed spending time learning and getting to know the dogs, end quote. Now in its second year, the program includes a new feature, Husky Puppies. Permited owner Joe Swiffin, quote, it's a step up. The men look at the puppies coming into a new situation and consider how they might feel. They then associate that with themselves and think about how they can help the puppies, end quote. As part of the training, the men play puppy ping pong, where they work in pairs to encourage the puppies to go back and forth between them with a treat. The therapy program has now been accredited by Welsh qualifications body Agord Simru, so it can be recognized by potential employers supporting the men in considering a career in animal care upon their release. Unsworth is hopeful the program will receive the necessary funding to continue in 2024. Meanwhile, Swiffin is partnering with the university to officially document the impact of the work, wanting to help more mental health facilities recognize the value in this form of therapy. Per Swiffin, quote, a medical approach is of course needed, but it's the creative stuff that the patient engages in that makes a real difference to their lives, end quote. Well, Reggie, I have a soft spot for dogs, certainly. I've got two of my own and I'm uh, just a dog lover in general. So when I hear a story like this, it makes me smile because I know just how powerful dogs can be for all sorts of different people in difficult circumstances. And it's cool to see that this particular individual, Ingrid Unsworth, found a new way to take advantage of the sled dogs there. And uh, of course, doing a lot of great things. You know, as you're reading the story, I realize this probably isn't the case, but I couldn't get out of my mind 
big, strong, you know, buff men with tattoos all over, wearing a white tank top, playing with puppies. That's that's all I could picture. Them with treats saying, come here, little boy. <laughs> that's why dogs are the best. They make uh, softies of us all. So <laughs> yeah. pretty cool to see. And hopefully she'll get the funding and the program will get the funding to continue in 2024 because it sounds like they're just getting started and did a lot of great things there in year one. While we still haven't made contact with life forms outside of our planet, we are one step closer to being able to communicate with them with the help of a 28-year-old female humpback whale named Twain. In a combined effort, researchers from the University of California, Davis, SETI, or the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence Institute, and the Alaska Whale Foundation claimed they had a 20-minute conversation, I'll put that in quotes, with a humpback whale. In the study they released, they said they recorded and played back a whale call to Twain, who responded almost every time with nearly identical calls of her own. The scientists admit the results are very preliminary, but it is a good starting point to communicate with other intelligent species from Earth or beyond. Brenda McCowan, a professor in the School of Veterinary Medicine at the University of California, Davis, and the lead author of the study, told Mashable, it gives us insight on what we might need to do in order to replicate something like this with other animals, other individuals of this population, or other populations, or species for that matter, end quote. The call they used to communicate with Twain came from a pod of nine humpback whales that were close to their research boat in Alaska. One of those whales was identified as Twain. In order to do this research, they did have to get permission from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration in their attempt to communicate with the whale. The study had to be done in a minimally invasive way. So what they did for this study is they recorded high-quality versions of the calls on their vessel, the Glacier Seal. They recorded those from that pod that they found. They said the calls they recorded were known as whoop or throp. They added that they think those calls are used for a contact call that mothers use with their calves to help find each other, especially during feeding time. They said also that the whoop call is a social call, but the songs that whales use are made to attract a mate. According to Fred Sharp, a principal investigator and biologist at the Alaska Whale Foundation and one of the authors of the study, quote, there appears to be this set of probably around 15 to 20, maybe 25 core social sounds. Now, once they had the recordings of the calls, the next day they spotted Twain on her own near the boat. They used underwater speakers to start playing the whoop call. After a few attempts, she responded with her own whoop sound. They varied the timing of the calls and noticed that she would sometimes match the changes, especially at the beginning of their interaction with her. After the team stopped playing the calls, Twain sent out a few more whoop calls before swimming away. The researchers only changed the timing of the calls. They didn't attempt to adjust the pitch or other elements of the calls. They said they aren't sure why Twain responded, but they assume it may be that since the recording came from her pod of whales, it may have been that she recognized the sound of one of the whales, or possibly her own voice. However, those findings weren't conclusive. Whales have been known to use bubble rings as nonverbal communication when trying to herd fish. They may use that attempt in the future for some of their research as well. There has been research in the past looking at how whales react to calls, but this was the first attempt at a two-way communication. Future tests may involve multiple types of calls or changing the calls. So how will this help with communicating with aliens, if that's ever needed? They say Twain's willingness to communicate with them is an encouraging sign for the SETI Institute's mission. According to Sharp, we're banking on advanced civilizations, being curious and wanting to reach out and either respond to us or send messages on their own. According to NASA, they say the Milky Way could have over one trillion planets and think there are at least two trillion galaxies in the cosmos. 
While there may only be a few planets that actually support conditions for life, SETI suspects that intelligent life could be out there. And then with this attempt, we might be on the beginning steps of learning to communicate if we ever do have the chance to, uh, I guess, talk with aliens. Well, aliens aside, it's pretty neat that they can have some level of communication with whales right here on planet Earth. And I would be curious to see where this goes next and how advanced of a, a communication they can have, how much can they actually interpret and learn from these types of studies? Because that in its own right is pretty darn cool. And I would say this is just a layman person guessing, but I would assume that's closer to being able to actually know what a whale is saying than we are to communicating with E.T., Reggie. I agree. And I, I do wonder if we ever get to the point of being able to communicate with animals like whales or dolphins or something like that, how intelligent the conversation would be. Is it going to be just basic like fish over there? Or would there ever be a chance, maybe they need to evolve more, maybe they're already there, we just don't know it, to be able to actually have like a conversation with them? Well, I, I say, say that sort of thing at the grocery store sometimes to my <laughs> wife, fish over there, fish over there. <laughs> That's very true. And she looks at me bewildered, wondering, what do you want me to do with that information? <laughs> say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. A few years back, Meta, the parent company of Facebook, rolled out its Ray-Ban Meta Smart Glasses, seemingly with the intent of competing with Google's Glass, a product released in 2014 before ultimately being discontinued in early 2023. Meta's Smart Glasses are still on the market despite mixed reviews to date, but some of the latest updates may generate some more consumer interest. If you're unfamiliar, some of the more basic features include multiple cameras for hands-free photo and video taking, speakers near each ear for both music and phone calls, and an AI assistant to provide various updates, including battery life. Now, in the latest software update for the newest edition of said Ray-Ban glasses, Meta added some intriguing AI features. Most notably, you can now ask the glasses to translate signs in foreign languages to English or find out the name of a plant you're looking at. Other features include the ability to have the glasses auto-generate a caption for an Instagram photo you just took. Per Mashable, the features are currently only available as part of an early access beta program in the U.S., but for those of you who already own the glasses, you can reportedly enroll in the program from the settings menu of the MetaView mobile app that you already use to interface with the glasses from your phone. For anyone who's thinking of investing in smart glasses, Meta's not the only maker out there. I mentioned Google had retired its glasses product, but a company called Solos offers a product that can do many of the same things the Meta product does, while also supporting chat GPT capabilities. There are multiple models, but Solos Ergo 3 has two offerings that run on ChatGPT, Solos Chat and Solos Translate. Solos Chat lets you press and hold an action button on the smart glasses, write Temple to ask ChatGPT a question. In response, you'll see the reply populate right before your eyes in the app, and you can hear the answer read out loud too. That per Kimberly Gideon of Mashable. I'm sure you're wondering about cost. The Ray-Ban Meta Smart Glasses retail for $300, though there is another model available for a bit more, $330. 
issues. The Solo Ergo 3s, on the other hand, come in a variety of looks with a few different price points of their own, all between $200 and $300. Reggie, I still don't think I'm prepared to dive into the smart glasses world maybe at some point as these become a bit more pervasive in society i'd be willing to give them a shot but right now i i'm just not sure it's something that is going to enhance what i'm doing on the day to day how about you if i traveled more especially out of the country that whole being able to translate signs and stuff feature would be fantastic it'd be even better if it could take someone talking to me and translate that into that uh, that little earpiece that they have or whatever you want to call it to translate what they're saying to me. That'd make it even better because that's one of my biggest flaws. I have trouble learning other languages. So having that feature would be very useful. I do have a question, though. Do they come with prescriptions? Like if you yes. have bad eyesight, could you get that for them as well? Good question. Indeed, they do. From what I have seen, prescription versions are available as are transition lenses for at least one of these models. So there are a variety of quote unquote upgrades that you can make whether you really need the glasses to see or if you want to use them to shield yourself from the sun. That is all a part of this as well. But I do agree with you. The uh, translation of signs in foreign languages right now would, would provide the most utility for me if you're if you're just outside the U.S. in a non-English speaking country. That's pretty cool. Yeah, for the chat GPT, I just don't know how much I trust it to give me the right answer all the time. That's why we're old men, Reggie. <laughs> and I have trust issues. <laughs> Let's talk about your childhood. <laughs> well, it all started back in... Taking a look at This Day in History, A Christmas Carol, written by Charles Dickens, was published on December 19, 1843. The book was illustrated by John Leach. 6,000 copies were sold at five shillings each, which would be the equivalent to around $28 today. Second and third editions were released before the new year and actually continued to sell through 1844. By the end of 1844, 11 more editions had been released. Since then, A Christmas Carol has been released in several languages and has never been out of print. In the U.S. alone, it has sold more than 2 million copies since its release. Dickens insisted on high production cost, even though it led to less profits for him. In fact, the first edition only made him $230. For reference, that would be around $26,000 today. It was expected to make $1,000, or about $113,000 in $2023. Over the next year, profits were still rather low at $744, which greatly disappointed Dickens. Now, the book obviously had an impact in several ways. One of them being the use of the phrase Merry Christmas. The earliest written use of the phrase Merry Christmas was from a letter in 1534, but the phrase being used in a Christmas carol is what made it popular among the Victorian public. Of course, there was also the saying Bah Humbug, one of my favorites since I'm known to several people as not having a lot of holiday spirit. Well, that became popular in the English language as a retort to anything sentimental or overly festive. And of course, there was Scrooge, which is now known as a miser or someone who is cheap. Scrooge was added to the Oxford Dictionary in 1982. Quite a cultural impact this book had, Reggie. And if I sit and think back to when it was released, don't ask me why, but I was thinking about this the other day before we even did this episode. At that time, an author was in many ways the equivalent of a screenwriter, an actor, obviously uh, an author as we now know them as well. But 
all of these things wrapped up in one because that was the preeminent form of entertainment, a book, having something at your house that you could go to and pick up and read and entertain yourself. There are obvious statements, but you know, no TV sets, no radios, nothing other than uh, traditional, regular human interaction. But if you were by yourself, this is this is how you pass the time. So to have something of this caliber in your home uh, would have been really, really neat. And then, of course, the lasting legacy that it has uh, made in film reprises and of course my favorite being the Muppets Christmas Carol (laughs) naturally of course I do have to say (laughs) as much as he was disappointed by the returns initially if he could see how much money this book has brought in through like you said all those films and TV adaptions all of those I think he would be quite pleased with how well the book turned out I think there's another version of the film coming out again very soon it seems like every year a version of A Christmas Carol comes out in one form or another yeah there's always an adaptation last year I think it was Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell had the the streaming movie and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but but it was, of course, based on A Christmas Carol with the three ghosts. So, yeah, uh, I, I agree completely. I'm sure he'd be overjoyed to see the impact that it ultimately had on society at large. But nonetheless, probably would have enjoyed a few more shekels in his pocket during life. I do wonder what he would think of some of the versions like Scrooge with Bill Murray. One of my favorites because I like Bill Murray and I like comedies. But what would he think of that version? Would he like it? Would he hate it? I don't know. The hypotheticals you pose, Reggie. What would Charles (laughs) Dickens think of Bill Murray? We'll never know. Thanks for joining us on another edition of Cool Stuff Ride Home. You can reach us at coolstuffcommute at gmail.com. I'm Reggie Rizzo along with Marcus Path. We'll be back tomorrow with another Cool Stuff Ride Home. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.